Good morning, everyone. This is the Mind Your Urge podcast. I'm Big Steel, the Urban Gardener. And with me today, we got Tim and we got two immaculate guests today. We got Tyran from Hero Urban Farm and we got Marnay, who is the queen of terpenes. Now, today's topic is the fall of the black farmer and the reemergence of the black farmer. And before we get into this topic, I want um, Marnay, you know, excuse me, we're going to go ladies first. You know, you introduce yourself. Okay. Hi. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Marnay Madison. Um, I go by the queen of terpenes um, inside of the cannabis and industrial hemp industry. I am very well an agribusiness specialist, so I love helping the small farming and urban community as well. So my main goal is to make sure we have the education, tools, and resources necessary in order to promote sustainability in our communities. Mm. And that's right. kind of my spiel. Yep. And nice <laughs> to meet you all. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. We appreciate oh, you all. All righty, uh, Tyreen, can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? How you doing? Yeah, well, my my name is Tyreen Lewis. Um, I go by Hey Roo. Uh, my business is um Hey Roo Urban Farming. Um, uh, my spiritual name is Hey Hey Roo the Jedi out of Lake. Eh? That means the crown oh. triumphs through the strength of a king. So Hey Roo by itself means King Liberator. So, oh, hey, brother. Okay. I, yeah, shake. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I want to um, liberate my people through food. So that's how I came up with that. So um, like I said, um, our mission is to bring healthy, sustainable produce to those who need it the most. So um, Hey Rubber Farmer provides sustainable, healthy food options for food apartheid communities. In addition to produce, we provide economic growth, cooking classes, hands-on training for growers, health education, herbal remedies, and a rebirth of togetherness within the community. Man, I love that, man. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Oh, okay. So let, we're gonna we're gonna get into the topic. So, what are what are y'all opinions on the fall of the black farmer and the reemergence? Like, what caused the farmers to to fail? Oh man, uh, I I take that one first, man. But just uh, I want to give a back a little background. Like, so I'm a fifth generational farmer. And mm-hmm. um and I didn't know this until 2018. I knew my family grew food down south before, but um but you know I didn't know to what extent. So I grew up yeah. in St. Louis. Um so uh like like my great uncle Minor Washington, uh uh he was a part of a all black co-op back in 1939 in Paris, Texas. You know, mm. uh you know that's unheard of in the South back then. And uh he was with a group of, of all black uh farmers and they they purchased 28 acres and they grew tomatoes. You know, and then in 1950 through 53, my great uncle uh, and his son, so minor Ernest Washington, they won first and second place in the Negro um, State Furs down there. And, uh, you know, back then they had a Negro fur and, uh, you know, they got a white people fur. So they won mm-hmm. uh, first and second in all categories, dealing with beans, peas. I'm a crowd of peas, purple hood peas, watermelons, whole bunch of wow. things. So, so that's the background. And we acquired that land, my people back in the day, uh, from from what I know of, uh, from my back when slavery was going in, I guess we my people had good slave owners, quote unquote. So uh, <laughs> when they passed, they gave the land to my people. Yeah. So then, you know, over the years, the land went away. Uh, you know, people got older, you know, kids didn't want to take it over. But uh, so I think when I talk about the fall, 
I think uh, so. You know, you got gentrification in the, you know in the mm-hmm. urban cities, but yeah. you got that in rural towns as well. Because my people was telling me how they raise property tax, and I know they got a thing in Texas. And I don't know if I'm quoting it right, but I know um, they have a certain amount of acreage. You gotta, um, uh, they say, if you don't have like no livestock on there, uh, you know, uh, you know, they they raise the taxes on it or some word about about taxes. So they got the taxes game with farmland. So you know, or they, or they make you take out loans that, that they know you can't pay back, mm-hmm. and then eventually they'll snatch it from you. You know, and, uh, and you know, and we always have discrepancies with, with the USDA. I mean, first and foremost, it's hard to navigate that system when you're trying to get mm-hmm. like funds and stuff like that. They don't let you know about your resources, and then they, they allocate more funds to the to the white farmers and white growers, and you That's know, it's deliberately done. So, uh, so you know, and then even to get recognized with the USDA, you got to have a form number to even be recognized as a form. And we're all black, a lot of black forms that is not aware of that as well. So it's a lot of little, it's a lot of little red tape, you know, behind the scenes. I call it pen whipping. I do a lot of pen whipping <laughs> and stuff like that, where you don't know know you know what's really going on unless you have the resources or someone telling you what's going on. So we're trying to change that now. Uh, and then the rise, man. I think to be honest with you, man, I think just people, more people being consciously aware. Or what they put in their bodies, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Also, I think COVID was like a blessing in disguise yeah, for me it was personally. For me too. Mm-hmm. Because you know, uh, you know, everybody reacting when you backed in the corner, you know, and you know, sometimes your best creativity come out of struggle, you know. True. Yeah. But I also believe people are more constantly aware, so they more in tune with your local fresh heart produce and stuff like that. So people really just inquire more. My customers went up, you know, people want to know what's going on with me mm-hmm. now. So I think like the code is just a blessing in disguise, you know. Sometimes, like you say, you get your best rise out of trauma. Sometimes, so uh, you know that's my little spill on that. Wow, man. Okay, so mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, want to piggyback. That was a great synopsis, and you are totally correct. And you being, you know, a, a new age farmer, having your hands in the soil, just like we have the boots on the ground, is so necessary. Uh, but when I think of the fall of farming, um, exactly what you said, but in um, short term capitalism, you know, um, yes. the, the win for us was to be released as slaves and to have, you know, those owners and compassionate you know give us land or show us opportunities on how to um you know get into farming so being um successful inside of agriculture was a problem because now you have given the negroes everything they need which is land so like you said um those applicable taxes come into play once you start getting into a certain you know um era of farming. I myself come from a farming family, so I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, My uh, father's side is from Arkansas, but they moved up to Missouri and they became watermelon farmers. Mm. Yes. (laughs) My grandfather happens to be the first black siding company in the city of St. Louis, and he laid down a tie for the Gateway Arch. Wow. We were the only black people to have a contract inside of this multi million dollar, you know, development. So once I learned about that, I was like, whoa, you know, like I don't even know if I have a green thumb, but like this is, you know, his historical like I come from a very powerful lineage and I have to you know give that back and reach out 
to the community and also start implementing those tools. So that's why I'm so, you know, compassionate about the rise. Um, just like you said, man, COVID did it. I mean, to understand that this grocery store or, you know, this market that you're frequently may not, you know, frequent, excuse me, may not be open next week or, you know, a month from now, just due to all the things that come to play in shortages and uh, scarcity of food. So when you have these, you know, um, crops and you have these biodegradable, um, you know, crops and things growing in your home, you're able to be 100% sustainable for yourself and for your family. So I think um, us learning about our history, finding out that our families, you know, are very in tune into nature, us needing to be grounded, the mental health awareness that comes inside of it. It is so important that we start eating healthy and wholeful, you know, consumption. So um, when you talk about us not knowing how to, you know, get around certain things. That's why my focus, although I'm in the cannabis industry, my focus is solely and uh, specifically for agriculture right now because this is how we win. The USDA, they have so many grants. There's so many organizations that are trying to support, you know, the black farmers. So I think that as we continue to build this, you know, structure, we're able to help each other out from, you know, all sides of the country um so if there's anyone who is thinking or interested in learning more about farming because i know it may sound like a very tedious um process but once you fall in love with it it becomes something you know it's it's um fulfilling it's like a hobby you know so i say yeah yeah man i I would love to meet your dad (laughs) me too Yeah. I'm, I'm about to come pay both of y'all a visit. Like, <laughs> both oh, of y'all. Uh, and then you yeah. said watermelon, man. That really hit home. Cause that's my number one crop. I love to grow. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I got to meet you because it's so hard to find good watermelons, you know, nowadays. So, man, I got I, I got the best in St. Louis, man. But I don't know your dad, man. He okay. OG, man. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. People think it's so funny. So, I have a whole technique of finding the good watermelon. They're like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm like, man, I have. This is in me. I have years of experience, you know. <laughs> but I really love, um, even when it comes down to, you know, like the flowers and just all the the um LRA land that we have around St. Louis. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like this is a time to buy into, you know, um that general wealth. Start off as a community garden and work your way up. Um sometimes we do have uh, sometimes we don't have political advantage. So make sure that you understand, you know, what your community, um, well, who represents your community and those things that you need, you know, in order to operate in your specific districts. Um, But I do know that there are tons of organizations like Greenway in St. Louis. You tell them you want to, you know, own this community garden. You take a couple classes and they provide volunteers and, you know, they have like all these slides. So I know that there's a lot of support, but also with you, bro, like how can we do like, is there like consultations that you provide? You know, tell me more about how you assist in the community. Oh yeah. So um, I did create a, so I do a lot of different things, man. So uh, so I just go with the youth first. I, I created an agriculture curriculum. I used to be a teacher, so I taught for mm. ten years. 
in the, uh, you know, in the St. Louis Public School District. I did six in St. Louis Public School District, but I got accumulation of over ten years. You want to include subbing and just teaching. I was a PE teacher and a health teacher, so that's my background. So I created a, a agriculture curriculum and I aligned it with the same with the with the Missouri um, standards. You know, so I was, was able to go into the secondary and primary schools, and I go to the out of school programs and I teach about. So my curriculum is unique. Cause I talk about the history of it. I talk about where the crop originated from. You know, I, t- I talk about the nutritional value of it, uh, you know, uh, how to prepare, how to grow it. And I bring in samples and stuff. I and mean, that's engaged with the, with the youth like that. Um, on, the, uh, on the other side, uh, so I, I sell CSAs, which is community, oh, community supported I wanna, agriculture. I want to yeah. get into that, too. Yeah. So it's like a food subscription. So I do two 12 week food subscriptions and most of my customers, you know, you know, that's money, money up front, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of, I, I, I'm all about balance. So most of my suburban people are by that, but every five I sell, I donate to a family in need. So we, I had oh, about 20 dope. families uh, um, this summer that was getting uh, free CSAs from me. Um, some people reach out to me and just pay for that. Like I don't want a CSA, but I pay for one that needed. So I had that going on. Uh, we, we feed the unhoused. I don't like saying homeless, but we call them unhoused. Uh, we feed them. Um, I, I, I've been doing a Thanksgiving. Um, I feed I feed families on Thanksgiving. I've been doing that before I was former. I did that. I've been doing that since 2014. And mm. uh, I, I, I go to these schools and I, I tell them, like, well, pick me five families. You know, I got a couple of schools I work with all the time. I like, you know, and I tell each school, like, pick me about five families that you think, you know, that need something. And I do that. Uh, I like I like employing people. So this was the first year I employed um someone that you know officially. Um, so I was in a um man, St. Louis blessed man. So many accelerators here, and I was yeah. in th- I was in three of them. I was in um Boston Foundation. I was in We Power, and I was the one. I was that was the first We Power for um uh, first time entrepreneurs, black and and and, and Latino, and uh, I was a part of that group. Then rather than that, I was a part of the UMSU DEI program accelerator. And you know, and that, and that, and they gave me fifty thousand for that. So that was enough for me, you know, to do what I got to do, like pay me some workers and get the equipment that I need and make me more um, um, efficient, I guess, um, on the farm. So, uh, so I hired my first worker. So that was cool. Um, also, Slate, we got a program here called Slate, and that's um, well, I think it stands for St. Louis Advocacy for Training and Employment, and they gave me uh, five youth workers that, that they paid just to work for me and two of the people I hired was from my community so that was cool um oh, congratulations. So I, so I, yes ma'am so you know I'm knowing that and, you know it's a lot of stuff I got in the works with grants and stuff like that that I'm working on but that, that's basically the main stuff that I do um, I think we here. should uh Tyrena uh sorry Tyrena I think we should definitely collaborate because I work at uh I do some work at St. Louis University and St. Louis Community College and I'm building um an agricultural app um um, and a growing app, and I think we we could definitely work together and uh, get that in more than more than just St. Louis Community College and SLU and like every other country, uh, every other school across the country. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I I I love everything I'm hearing, man. I'm so happy right now, man. Like I I, I love it, man. I love and see this this is what we got to get to the the rest of our our brothers and sisters, man. Like we got to work together and that work, bro. Like we don't we don't, like. Our people, we just don't network together. Like how we all networking together, cause we like, you know, we all got the same goal in mind. You know, yeah. trying to feed the people and everything like that. And like, if we can get the rest of our people to get on track with helping each other and not 
you know, or worry about oh what he got because it's enough out here for everybody to eat, man. It's, it's so go. much out here. Every it's enough out here for everyone to eat. It's enough out here for nobody to be jealous of the next person, man. And, yeah. and, and, and like you know, it's like I'm just I'm so happy about everything I'm here, man. Like I'm, I'm happy y'all made my day, man. Like. No, yeah, I would definitely love to collab. Um, so I started the youthhemp.org. Um, so it's basically the, a youth educational program um, where we talk about sustainable agriculture and crops. So most, uh, most importantly, hemp. So when we talk about cannabis being here and all the dispensaries and companies that, um, you know, are being predatorial, you know, companies towards our community, um, knowing that yeah. hemp is federally legal in all 50 states, knowing that they do not have the same, um, you know, restrictions and legal requirements. Um, it's, I feel as though it's an entryway for us to also create um, a million dollar industry for us without having without having the stipulations of the federal federal regulated market. So mm. some people don't understand the difference between, you know, hemp, CBD and cannabis. So they also feel like, well, they don't really understand the correlation between the two. So once we break down, you know, what this particular uh, specific property of the plant is, we're able to get more people involved and in, intrigued inside of that. But to know that hemp is able to make over a thousand types of byproducts is what is the most um, important factor of teaching the program. When we see that the economy is definitely heading towards a more sustainable agricultural approach as we, you know, um, compartmentalize things that most of these, you know, multi-million dollar companies are um, investing in, these new equipments that the, the tech industry is, you know, now looking into. So being able to take hemp and build homes and make clothes, um, you know, to have one of the healthiest, you know, byproducts in the plant and you growing it for black people, that is definitely um, a huge opportunity. Um, yes. So many things inside the supply chain and logistics world needs hemp. So being one of the first, you know, farmers to really have this um, product, production and processing um you know infrastructure would be amazing so i do have um packages and pamphlets to show you know people that are interested it just starts with owning land and the opportunities are endless there's there's so many support um resources inside the uh, missouri's department of agriculture so even if you don't know anything yet going to the department of agriculture and learning more about them and then reaching out they're able to support too so I just wow. really love to hear how, you know, um, excited and enthused everyone is about growing. And now we just need to have, like, grow parties and garden parties. Yes. I'm working on that for the spring. I'm, I'm going to do some little – I want to come up with something where I get some uh, minority chefs out, cook a little dish of everything I'm growing, and, you know, have a little oh, party so like fun. that, and come outside and do that. But, that, but that's dope you talking about him because I want to actually get into growing him. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, 
I, I know I you know I I, I feel I mess around with uh with growing stuff like that before you know so yeah we have to talk though <laughs> okay well look it's legal you don't have to censor yourself for legal um but yes uh definitely inside of the farm to table that's amazing and invite me out to that that's my yeah, kind of that's my kind of vibe <laughs> yeah. but yes me I too. just wrote a um hemp grant I have a a client here in St Louis who owns over eighty acres of land wow and um yep and the Missouri Department of Agriculture just released a fiber processing grant. So the problem mm. is, is that people are growing hemp, but then they don't know what to do with it because they thought that, oh, everyone's going to smoke it like they are with cannabis, you know? <laughs> I, um, I got so, a question. Yeah, about, go for it. Is it, okay, I know it's money in cannabis, but is it real, is it, is it real money in the hemp side of the other? the cannabis thing that's that's my question like because i'm a i'm a i'm a licensed hemp grower in the state of florida but i ain't really been messing with it because i've seen other hemp growers they just got a whole bunch of hemp sitting around they can't move exactly because they don't have me yes um so basically (laughs) yes um they don't understand how to process and what to do after they have this crop that no one wants to purchase and put into their dispenser um, but the good thing about this is, is that the more we educate in the cannabis industry, the more people are, you know, getting towards hemp and CBD. But when we talk about things other than consumption, um, there are low, um, great, like low degradable uh, properties inside of hemp. So you're able to take, you know, an acre of hemp and process it into seeds, process it into um, home development material. Mm. Then you call up, you know, people like McBride, you know, um, and different industries, and you're like, hey, this is what we have. So, yes, there is definitely money in hemp. Um, If you look at some of the... Um, some of like the forecasting that's going on now where they're saying, you know, cannabis will be this billion dollar industry. Hemp is like projected to surpass uh, cannabis in the next five years. Um, countries and continents have been using hemp for everything. It's just America who has been um, substituting, you know, paper and all this toxic chemicals. Um, to even reference that, if you guys remember the 90s, we had this huge campaign about lead poisoning. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, all these black babies were, you know, um, coming up with all these different conditions. Well, it was it comes from the concrete um, material that is mixed inside of the, the homes that we are, you know, living in. So then when you factor in, you know, sun and wear and tear and all this environmental, um, you know, hazardous material, you are now breathing in things that are definitely hazardous to your body mm. but hemp being a eco-friendly thousand percent sustainable and also fire resistant you know mm. we talk about losing we see our families this is the time of year we tell everybody unplug your heaters you know and not having to worry about that because you're living in um this you know um structure that was made to you know, uh, for, so, you know, the fires don't spread as quickly as it does in any other, you know, structure. So mm. there's a lot of um, pluses when it comes to minorities understanding how to create the industry that we're looking for. I tell people all the time, you don't need the table. You just got to know how to build the table, you know, mm. and then you invite the people, those like minded people to your table. So sometimes we may not understand exactly, you know, the power and the benefit we have, 
But one thing that I was taught is, is that, you know, they created loopholes, you know, for their children. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out where that loophole is and we go right from there. Like, I definitely want to drop a jewel to small, you know, businesses that are registering as LLCs, you know, as you guys continue to grow look more into corporation benefits when it's time for taxes. Like that's where we are, you know, losing the most. And we're like, oh, well, this corporation and that corporation, uh, my degree is in accounting and finance. So I'm like, hey, the, the, way, the way to success is money because we have to figure out how to fund ourselves, you know. But this the most true. important thing is to learn what they've been doing, how they've been getting the money, knowing that they don't use their money to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they use other people's money. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I just had to... Um, look for um a particular destemming um equipment for the farm and it was like you know two hundred and forty thousand dollars and my client was like well how are we gonna pay for that and i'm like yeah you don't pay for it. your business credit does that you know mm-hmm. but we have to work our way up so all of this is full circle in financial literacy sustainability like general wealth like we have to incorporate group economics we yes. everybody yes. Yep. and you know what yep. too I, and I say this all the time. I say this in damn near every deep conversation I have with somebody that we we have to get into the local politics and we got to send the yeah. right people to Washington and we got to hold these people accountable. Like, cause I feel like if we, the people put you there and you get in there and you do some bullshit, we need to be able to kick your ass. We need to be able to kick your ass just, just like that. That's how I feel like. like yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, of course we, they won't. They won't go for like the ass kicking, you know. Portion, like go about the, the the proper way, so to speak. But I definitely feel you on that because it's like you 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 owe me wolf tickets. Yeah, right. it's a, it's a it's a lot of that, man. Like like if we you get, were gonna go do this and you didn't. Yeah, we get like if we can get this because that's where it all starts. At like we can get the the local politics and then move up to where we can enforce policy because we is it's it's um. It's uh, amendments for us, but they're not enforcing these amendments for us. We, it's supposed to be an amendment for equality, but they got loopholes not to give us equality. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like so many loopholes. Yeah. Like, oh, no, nah, he black. We finna, uh, uh, no, nah, he can't have this. No, nah, we finna take this from him. Like, it's, you know. Man, those are. Yeah, like, think about like eminent domain and things like that. I mean, like, getting, even going back to the, uh, like, the fall of slavery. I mean, uh, the fall of slavery, the, the fall of, uh, of black farmers, how, there were quite a like one one quite a few farmer black people after they were slaves like in the examples you guys provided earlier with all oh, your your grandfather and so forth got all these acres of land and then they're being stripped away from them because of yeah like things like eminent domain yeah um and things like the taxes and so forth or even just the fact that slave like after you became after you were freed from a slave where where are you gonna go what are you gonna do now it's just yeah. like you just out in the Ooh. wilderness. Yeah, they brought, you they gave me no in. resources, and I just yep. have to you got no money start. to to obtain. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, they they brought in sharecropping and and did legal slavery. You know, there you like, go. Yeah, now that's that's so true. Um, getting inside of cannabis a few years ago, um, the politics was the first thing that was an eye opener for me. I'm like, what? How? Like, why would we be advocating for social equity if we didn't already have these, you know, restrictions and stipulations that kept us out? And right. after being in a room with people that own, you know, this 
factories across the country, those people being, you know, the first to do it, I started understanding that sometimes, and there's, there's a different, you know, two types of people. Those are people that make it and want to give back to the community and want to help. And then there's some that make it and think that there's only enough room for them, you know? Yeah. And those are the ones that are like, oh no, we need social equity. And it's like, no, what we need to do is exactly what you said. We need someone who has our political interest mm -hmm. and is able to relate to the thing, the demands that we need. Now, the problem that we have on local levels are that our Democrats honestly are going into these new positions and doing the same old things. Man, yes, That's yes. a problem, you know, and we are still yeah. operating off of the same language from the 30s and 40s. Yeah, to tell yes. me. You know, so it and it and it's not logical, and they know mm. it's not. So now most of them are hiding their hands. You know, most of them don't even feel comfortable saying that they are who they are because they know they're not doing the work for the community. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, in politics, it's one of those lines to where you're going to go in there and you want to make a change, and you're going to easily be deflected because, from what I mean, you know, they're going to be aggressive once you stand up and say well hey that doesn't sound right my people need this so it's really hard but they have to know that they have the backing of the people so yeah. in the moment yeah. what the black community needs are tons of organizations explaining bills initiatives amendments we could literally rewrite the constitution it's written in the constitution mm -hmm. you know yeah. but in the same sense, I'm trying to argue, well, before you wrote this treaty, you had to go to the Moors and ask for this independence, you know? So let's really, and, and those things stand. But when we have those conversations about, well, how hard is it? Do we have the time to do that? Do you really want to be free or not, you know? Yeah. So I really think like the main goal is to get our politicians involved inside of our communities and not just for the, you know, the toy drive or the turkey handouts that's coming out. We need them yeah. to do their jobs when the session starts yes. back. So. Yes. We ask y'all yeah. this here. Because I, I always ask this question too. I ask this question a lot too. Do y'all think that the, that the Constitution needs to be rewritten? Because the original Constitution it was written by men who didn't really want people of color to have options and stuff. They, you know, they changed a little bit as they went on, but I feel like because it was written, the constitution was written from men that were evil, that it should be rewritten. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like yeah. women didn't even have rights to what the 60s. So come on, you know, so yeah. They definitely didn't care about any minority, you know, inclusion, no process of, you know, what our communities look like. So we definitely need to do, you know, rewrite it, name it something else. I mean, listen, the whole shebang. Okay, throw it all away. Like you said, there's only rich white men that they're worried about. Yeah, they don't worry about their own money, their own pocket. And yeah. Yeah, who can and, touch and a big thing is is the uh, with the um, with the political is like breaking down the old ways of thinking and the old ways of doing things. Like uh, a lot of old people believe, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it's not that's not apl uh, applicable to every situation, right? And and I feel like a lot of old people think it is, um, and that's I think that's also where a lot of the issues come from as well. There's a lot of old black people that think, you know, well, it it'll never get fixed. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you if you have that attitude, of course, of course it won't.
It's a lot yeah. of that. Take all day on that topic, um, but yeah. I think it's, you know I just think it's the 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 fear for one the fear of the yeah. unknown is the the thing that's killing us the most, um, but then also you know just just not having um, the gumption or even you know the self belief like we're in a system to doubt ourselves every day and we're mm. in a system that you know that's been the eyes against us before we even wake up both black men and woman is ridiculous you know so I know it's really hard and traumatic for us to um to be lenient and to be compassionate towards each other um but now is the time to focus on you know creating better opportunities for us so I'm I'm definitely with it I know for a fact that it's hard for all of us um, I think as we band together and we start saying, hey, we're going to barter. You don't have it. I mm. got a three house mm-hmm. down. There you, you go. Know? And then yep. implementing that business, like the Chinese people, we got to do it like that. Hey, we want a grocery store. Or if it's a family that has a great business plan, let's promote a, you know, a family every month. Like we put this pool together and we donating those funds to, you know, each family's business up and every family's yeah. allocated a month you know we just got to figure it out but we got to do it together now is the time man man mm-hmm. I, I when i think about stuff like that i think about it's, it's, it's mental warfare and it's spiritual warfare yeah. and yourself I always tell people like we in this i believe we in this realm reality called earth to experience for expansion like, yes. like mm-hmm. the one thing everybody got in this earth is choice right but like I was saying, it's, it's all about choices. So I think when when someone want to try something new or experience new things, people get you know nervous, a little quirky. But in order for your spirit to expand, it needs to be nervous. I mean, like if you're used to doing something, it's cool, it's routine, right? But when you're doing something new or trying to do something different, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. But your spirit like uncomfortability because it want to expand. Our, our life is about expansion. And the only way we're going to do it is we just expand. So, you know, your, your spirit ain't going to be whole. That's what I think. So. Yeah, it's yeah. true, man. It's and, so and, like, to piggyback off, like, even, at, like, at birth, like, it, it takes a lot of uncomfortability, like, just for a person to be born to, like, actually sprout. Yes. It's, it's a lot of uncomfortability. Like, I mean, it goes in the darkness. Like, when you're born, you you, like, it ain't no light when you're in the womb. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. it, you got to be willing to, to, like, go towards the light. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yep. definitely. Um, man, we can go all day, man, but we gotta, we gotta end it. But what, what's the, what's the strand of the day, Mister Tim? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the strand of the day is London pound cake from Cookies. Um, it's a uh, indica dominant strain. Um, Cookies they went like kind of hush hush with releasing all the information. Um, but they gave a hint that it's a cross of sunset shavit with another heavy hitter indica. Mm. Um. Mm. Uh, London Pound Cake brings a noise with a loud berry and grape flavor that's followed up with a stark lemon and citrus tones. Uh, as far as effects, expect a head and body high that will leave you locked to the couch and full of bliss. Mm. Patients have reported that this strain is exceptional for fatigue and depression. Um, okay. Your local dispensaries, etc. Definitely take a peek. Get you a bone. Get you a bone's worth or, or however much you need. And try out some some London Pound Cake. Mm, that sounds okay. nice. Oh okay, the the herb of the day is uh the Vix plant, and this Vix plant is the same thing that makes the Vix that you buy in the store, but it's, it comes from a plant. 
And mm-hmm. um, this clears up sinuses, it, it eases congestion in your respiratory tracts. Okay. And, um, hey, so, so, it, so I got a question for the Vicks plant. Okay. That's something that you can grow in this region? I don't I think you can I've been looking at um uh, because I, I want to get me some of these plants I want to experiment with it on uh, off of uh God what's the name of the site it's a site that sells all type of herbs uh growers something but if you if you go on Google and just type in um the where can I buy the Vicks plant it'll it'll yeah. pull the place up but yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanna, I definitely wanna experiment with. It. I don't know if it'll, it, it'll tell you what zone it grows in. Also, I don't know if it'll grow here. That's why I haven't really brought it yet. Cause I'm still doing my research on it. But um, right, okay. Yeah, I'm looking to that man. I, you know, I'm, I don't really, I don't take medicine unless I got to man. So I make my own tinctures. I like, I, I love the, the echinacea. Yeah. I love the calendula. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I love comfrey. Uh, you yes. know things that. Now you need so, the uh, black sea oil. That, that is too. Yeah. yeah. Sea moss, I do sea moss, I sell sea moss, all that stuff, man. Me too, man. I sell sea moss too. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. I wanna um I'm a, I'm a, we're gonna go ahead and end the podcast, but I want I'm, like I'm gonna I'm gonna call all this in the group chat. I wanna, you know, I want us to get on another topic. You know, I don't know, but I'm gonna call y'all. But thank y'all, thank thank both of y'all for y'all time, man. Like I I love it, man. Like we gotta keep this going, man. Right? We gotta we gotta yeah. keep it going. All right. This was a great conversation. You guys are amazing. Let's definitely connect and continue doing awesome things. Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. Our gratitude. I appreciate the time, man. Very enlightening. Right. <laughs> okay, bye.